Revolution. Welcome to an informed live radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. And when I say revolution, I mean a peaceful revolution. I mean a health revolution. I mean a revolution away from the, the pharmaceutical dominated um, address every symptom with another drug paradigm over to real health, where health comes from the individual, from lifestyle, from diet, from just living a healthy way of being. Um, it's, it's a whole new looking way of looking at the world, and yet it's a very ancient and wise way of looking at the world. And I don't mean to say that drugs don't have their place, because they do. At times of emergency and certain things, I, there are certain drugs that play vital roles. Sometimes you need that sort of uh, emergency situation. But that can't be our way of being. And this whole COVID chaos has definitely pointed out to us that that's what's going on right now is the um, at the federal, at the state level, we have nobody talking about vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, um, N-acetylcysteine, glutathione, all of the different uh, uh, nutrient protocols that can protect you from infection and that can help you um, overcome infection. Uh, and that's what needs to change. So that's in the, in the silver lining of the COVID chaos is that a lot of things are being brought to light. This is gonna be a call-in show today. So um, we, because school starting for some people already and for a lot of people next week, I wanna hear from you what your concerns are, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams um, about back to school for you personally, what you're experiencing. So if you want to talk to us today, um, give me a call at 1-888-298-5569. Or if you're local, you can call 425-373-5527. So I actually have a surprise a guest here with me today, actually here meaning uh, sort of on, on Zoom, on the radio, on YouTube, how that all works by the magic of um, technology. I've got Dr. James Lyonsweiler with me, who's just popping in to share the hour and to talk about this important subject, um, you know, going back to school in, this, in these crazy times. So welcome, Jack. Well, we call him hey. Jack, just to let you know. <laughs> Thank you, Bernadette. Yeah, my friends call me Jack. That gives you a tool. So if you're annoyed with me, you can get more serious with a formal yeah. <clears throat> James. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm your mom, like James, what are you doing? Right. So uh, uh, Jack, uh, James Lineswiler also has a fantastic show called Unbreaking Science. Um, I encourage you to look that up. Look for it on, on Facebook and um, Periscope. How, what's the best way to find um, Unbreaking Science? You can find Unbreaking Science in, at WWDNYK Studios. That is what we do not yet know studios. <laughs> and uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It goes out on YouTube mm -hmm. and, and just look for James Lineswiler podcast. Um, thanks for having me today. It's going to be an interesting, I think, an important uh, hour chatting about the decisions that parents have to make. Are they going to homeschool? Is there going to be quarantine, lockdown, masks, all mm -hmm. of it? So I'm, I'm happy to jump in with you. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, in my own little world, 
I'm actually very minimally impacted because we were already homeschooling. We already had a life that was fairly bubbled. <laughs> and um, but I'm trying very hard in my bubble world. And, and you know, economically, I have not been impacted by COVID. Um, I'm trying to be very cognizant of the world around me and the people who are being harmed and impacted and, you know, in negative ways. It's very frustrating to me that you hear on mainstream news, because I try to keep abreast of what's going on there. You're not hearing, you're not hearing the stories of how, how children are being impacted. You know, when I talk to my friends, I mean, my heart is breaking at times for what their children are missing out on. Um, and the emotional sort of almost trauma for some of them that they're going through but you're not hearing you're not hearing that you're just hearing from people saying let's take this time to be more zen well you know you can only do that with the luxury if you know if you've got the the money and the resources and the lifestyle to be able to create that zen environment um what about your kids jack how, how are your kids doing well they're both fairly disappointed in their college experience ben's been in college at the university of pittsburgh for a year and Zach, this is his first year. And um, there, he's, Ben is more flexible about it because he's kind of a stay-at-home kind of guy. But Zach is absolutely, you know, depressed over the whole um, self, you know. Basically, kids that are homeschool, that, sorry, kids that distance learning from college, the experience that I'm hearing from Zach and his friends is that you basically have to teach yourself everything. That the lectures the people just go okay we're gonna you need to know sections eight you know five six seven and eight of this chapter and if you have any questions see me by email and mm -hmm. it, it's a big letdown compared to the social experience you know the the, yeah. the very important social experience uh, that 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 occurs in, when you transition from young adulthood into adulthood it's a rite mm -hmm. of passage you know, uh, and yeah. you're just staring at a computer screen and, and it's, it's, it's unfathomably boring right. at that yeah. age to do that, right? Yeah, and they, re they really don't take that into consideration. I mean, so much was ignored, the collateral damage um, here. Jack, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take a call. We've got Gina from Kirkland on the phone. Um, Gina, can you hear us or can we hear I, you? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Gina. So how uh, how is this impacting you and your family, this back to school in the time of COVID? Well, do you have two hours? <laughs> so no, unfortunately. I, well, I have, you know, I have my perspective as a parent and I have three children who have experienced this all very differently. And then I have the perspective as an employee. And I have a perspective as somebody who has several friends who are teachers. And so I'm hearing about it from them as well. And in my own family with my kiddos, you know, I have one that did relatively okay with the online learning, and he was able to to still engage and learn and, you know, did great. I have one who was a straight-A student in National Honor Society who I thought would have no problem whatsoever with online learning, and she has really, really struggled we have learned that her sitting in front of a computer and, you know, listening last year, it was recorded uh, lectures. This year, it'll be a little bit more interactive. But we found out she does not learn that way. And so that has impacted her learning. It has impacted her grades. It has impacted her self-esteem. 
and it has impacted her desire and her interest in learning. And I, I just, I asked her before I called in, you know, what do you feel about school? How do you feel about online learning? And she said, I can't learn online. So we are going into the beginning of the school year, a kid that normally has straight A's, who loves school, who was in Junior National Honor Society, asked to be a leader in eighth grade, and she is not um, looking forward to school and really is already feeling defeated about it. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, that's heartbreaking to me as a parent. It is very heartbreaking. And I asked this question, you know, of Gover Governor Inslee, the sacrifices, emotional sacrifices, learning sacrifices that we're asking of our children. Can you prove to us it is saving even a single life? Because the data I have seen show that children are at virtually zero risk of um, having a bad outcome to infection, that they are not being seen as um, spreaders of infection. And we can safely isolate those who are at risk of infection. So I just don't understand um, the complacency at the, at the state level uh, for for just for what is happening because it's a big deal what can happen yeah. to some of these kids without the proper support go ahead i completely agree with you and i think that the argument that i have heard is that you know the, the kids might not be at risk but the the teachers are very nervous you know so there's some older teachers and they're nervous and again i have a lot of friends who are educators and not one of them has expressed a fear to me of going back to the classroom and of um, contracting COVID-19, they are all very stressed by having to learn how to teach online. And um, they're very worried about their students. And you think about it, you know, last year when this happened in March, um, the, par the teachers already had relationships established with those students that they were then transitioning to teaching online. And they already, the kids already knew what the expectations are. You now have teachers that are meeting students for the first time online. They mm -hmm. don't know those students. They don't know their learning styles. This is going to be really, really, really difficult for, I think, for everybody involved. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank you, Gina, so much for calling in. I really appreciate um, your sharing your experience with us. Can I say um, one more thing before you sure. let me go and move on to the next caller? I just really think that we have no idea what the long-term ramifications of this are going to be to these students. Not only are we teaching our kids to be fearful, and we are teaching them that they should not touch, they should not hug, but we are really impacting them at a time when their brains are developing, when they're deciding who they are, what they want to be. And I'm afraid many of them are, are going to lose interest in learning and are going to have major problems long-term with their self-esteem and their ability to engage in society. And the ramifications of that to me are much, much, much more devastating than this, this virus. Uh, yeah, I, I would concur with that very much, Gina. Thank you so much for, for your time and for calling in. Thank you. Um, I wanted, you know, uh, the caller reminds me that I have to update you guys on a petition. Um, last Monday, 
uh, I filed the petition with the Washington State Board of Health. And in about 30 hours, I was able to grab about, what was it, 645 people to put their names to this petition with us. And I just want to read to you real quick what it said. A little uh, paragraph for it was, waiting for a safe and effective vaccine before allowing life to return to normal is not rational or ethical. People are needlessly dying now. People need access to the existing treatments now. People need hope now. The mass collateral damage to the economy and personal lives is staggering and cannot be sustained. The Board of Health has the authority to convene an emergency committee of health practitioners in order to provide the way and means to exchange experiences and protocols and for this information to be made to the public. So we submitted that. They responded that they had received it and they would get back to us shortly, and they did. Um, but what it was is a staff member said that they did have the authority to ask the Secretary of Health to convene a committee and they would discuss doing this. They would present this request to the next um, Board of Health meeting on October 13th, six weeks away. And I, it, that is just not acceptable. So we replied um, saying that time is critical, waiting six weeks is not acceptable. Action is needed now. And we said, if the state can take the unprecedented steps of shutting down businesses, locking down populations, issuing mask orders, closing schools, disrupting lives to such an extent that depression, suicide, and drug abuse are on the rise and people are losing their businesses and their homes, the state can take the unprecedented step of convening a committee now. The committee would provide a means for the very best existing treatments to be discussed and shared so that severe disease and deaths can be drastically reduced, providing hope to a public that has been made dangerously fearful and allowing the severe restrictions to come to an end. If you want to read the full uh, our full response, um, go to informedchoicewa.org to the advocacy page. We have that posted there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's where we are. Hey, so um, Jack, James Lineswell, you've, you've got some slides or something you said you want to share. Remember, yeah, we're that, mostly on the radio. That'll, that'll, come, that'll come later. First, I want to put oh, some yeah. number. I want to put some numbers on some okay. of the more abstract things that we've been talking about. Okay. Uh, the CDC cites and other people are citing data out of Korea where they studied the transmissibility based on age. And they found that for kids that were less than that between zero and 10 years of age, they had a less than 0.1% uh, chance of transmitting to anyone if they were infected. So you have to say, all right, what's the chance that kids are going to be infected? Well, it's pretty low. It's yeah. th this coronavirus is not widespread. So there's a very, very small chance of those children of those age. And I reanalyzed the data because they presented the data in, in a way that made it look like kids that were 10 to 20 years old had a higher uh, uh, risk of transmission, but of all the transmissions that were that occurred in the study, the kids that were from years uh, age 10 to 20 also were responsible for 0.1% tiny, tiny percentages. So I put these statistics into two cases where I'm an expert witness in California, one's against Governor Newsom of California, the one's against a church uh, uh, the, sorry, a church suing to the state to allow them to continue to practice and, and worship. And um, 
that's just the tip of the iceberg. The things that you're that you're talking about in everyday language, the depression, the isolation, the, this, the, the unintended consequences. It on top of that, that's an that's a valid argument, even if all the testing was accurate. The mm -hmm. problem is that the tests are not accurate. Mm -hmm. So there was a school in Oklahoma that was shut down. Uh, Eighty people were. Um, are in quarantine for the next 10 days because one person tested positive in a test that can give false positives. Mm -hmm. it, like half the it, time, isn't it? It's about half the time. No, it's not half the time. It's a quarter of the time that they give quarter. inaccurate results. But the sense, the sensitivity is the ability of the test to actually detect something that's there. The specificity is the ability of the test to say that it's not there when it's not truly not there. So the, it, it's not half the time, it's a quarter of the time that the test gives an inaccurate result. The problem is most people do not have coronavirus. And if you do a massive statewide, school-wide, whatever, countrywide screen of using molecular diagnostics, you're, you know, you're gonna end up with, if you screened everybody in the United States right now, you'd end up with over 3.1 million false positives Wow. With a test that had a specificity of 0.99. A nearly perfect test would give 3.1 million. So you're going to shut down 3.1 million locations in the United mm -hmm. States with a population-wide screen. Luckily, they don't have the testing capacity to do that because that's exactly what they would do. And so the, people need to realize that coronavirus is not a death sentence. It's no longer a death sentence for practically anyone medicine knows how to take care of this. They're yes. no longer just throwing people on ventilators. Yes. There are protocols yeah. that are very well uh, established with science that are coming out now for treatment. Yeah. And if you look at the big policy, if you look at the big politics, President Trump saying hydroxychloroquine will work, FDA says no. You get behind the scenes, scientists like me, and you look at it, and you too, Bernadette, you're on top of this too. You can read the science and you can say, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to think hydroxychloroquine doesn't work if you use a fatal dose in late stage right. uh, coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So you're being sold a bill of goods here. Yeah. And I think the best argument to your government is not just, hey, these children, kids are suffering. It's a great emotional appeal, but you do have to go for the jugular, which is you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the state does not know what they're doing they whatsoever. Anybody no. in your state or any state that calls for a screen test and that we should test everybody, is committing economic yeah. suicide. So a, a couple of things. First, I want to give out the, the number in case anybody wants to call and join our conversation. It's 1-888-298-5569. Or if you're local, it's 425-373-5527. Um, and I have below this number on my notes, something I want to tell people about, because it's at five o'clock, right when this show ends, um, online, pandemictownhall.com pandemictownhall.com. And I just got this through an email today. So I registered for free. You can jump in, register for, for free and attend. This thing is um, a town hall saying exactly what you just said, Jack, that there's no need to fear of dying of this. There are treatments. It's This uh, town hall is aimed at US pastors, priests, rabbis, and physicians, but anybody can attend. And um, speaking is gonna be Dr. Fareed, who um, graduated from Harvard Medical School. We've got Dr. Corey, who's a board certified specialist in critical care. He's with the Math Plus Protocol Calls. Guys, they're amazing. And Dr. Connolly is founder and medical director of the largest integrative medical clinic in the United States. These aren't shabby, you know, these are people who know what they're talking about and they're telling 
the world that there's no need to fear you know, there's on the shelf protocol treatments that you can go to. And in fact, there's a, a brand new website called healthyimmunitynow.org, healthyimmunitynow.org. And there's a whole bunch of information up there about treatment protocols that are being used today to um, safely recover um, patients. Um, oh, I had a thought where I was going to go before I squirreled here, Jack. Well, while you pull your thoughts together, one of the treatments. <laughs> One of the treatments came out of Michigan by Dr. David Brownstein, and there, yes. he uses he uses a non-intervention, mostly non-interventional treatment. He treated all of his patients for coronavirus in the parking lot, and uh, he would come out all suited up and everything. But he um, he was contacted by the FTC because he had no deaths, he had no uh, very 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 practically no serious illness at all. He had one patient out of 107 cases that ended up being hospitalized. Uh, zero deaths. So these statistics from Dr. Brownstein are amazing. Yeah. The FTC and that, tried. I just, just want to add. I just want to add real quick, Jack. Sorry for jumping in there, but that hospitalized patient uh, was just in there very short time. Was um, given some antibiotics for pneumonia and then came home and then continued under Dr. Brownstein's care. And I believe he did some nebulized hydrogen peroxide under the doctor's, you know, supervision of exactly yeah. how to do it. And he began to feel so much better and he fully recovered. Right. So this is a peer reviewed publication study now. It's published in the journal Science, Public Health Policy and the Law, where I'm the uh, editor in chief. I invited the case series studies from Dr. Brownstein and colleagues, and it's blowing people's minds. Mm -hmm. uh, there are reports now coming back to me from uh, different states where nurses, for instance, when one nurse in Ohio was sick with coronavirus and the doctors couldn't do anything for her, she uh, they, they said, you know, you're going to have a bad prognosis, probably permanent problems. And um, <clears throat> she, she was sent this protocol by someone from Ohio they mm -hmm. sent them the study and she sent it to her doctors who agreed to use this protocol. Dr. Brownstein's protocol is in use oh. in Ohio now because Fantastic. she called She called the person who sent her the protocol two days later uh, after not being able to get out of bed, called her two days later to tell her how good she felt while wow. she was on her run. On her run. <laughs> on her run. I love it. Going from, yeah. you're going to be in bed for the next six weeks, yeah. get used to it, to going yeah. out for a run. Yeah. Well, like I said, when I opened the show is, you know, there's a time and place for drugs. There's a time and place for allopathic medicine, but usually with in viral infection, the time and place is where natural is for natural medicine. That's where it shines your immune system. No matter what you do, it's your immune system that is get you over this. Even if you're in the hospital and all they're doing is giving you drugs, it's your immune system that's still going to get you over this. So it only makes sense that supporting your immune system, giving it those nutrients that it's using up in order to um, help you recover is the way to go. And what I love about Dr. Brownstein's protocol is even hydrogen peroxide that he gives, your body, which I didn't know until I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, um, your body makes hydrogen peroxide. I didn't realize that. There, um, it's, it's part of your natural immune defense. We're basically these saltwater creatures and we can create this stuff ourselves. We make HOCL, we make all these other things that we think we get from outside the body, but we, and you know, we actually make them ourselves. And sometimes we need a little bit of assistance, which I think is, um, uh, just very exciting. So everything in his protocol are unpatentable nutrients and elements that our bodies recognize 
And his, um, I believe in the paper, it showed how compared to um, like people who have hospital stays or go um, conventional routes, they recovered so quickly. Within um, 6.9 days, I believe, was in the, um, in the paper that everybody fully recovered in a week or less. And most people felt uh, almost completely better within four days, which is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and then I also wanted to point out is like one of the things that we've learned here in Washington state and we've learned other states are uncovering this massive, I don't even what, know what to call it, but it's at the state level, the information that's being fed to the governor and the secretary of health and the department of health is coming from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's coming through the organization idma.org, infectiondiseasemodeling.org, which is a Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, says so right on their homepage. And you can go look at all the information they've been sending to the state. And you know they, pro they project doom and gloom. They tell everybody you have to stay apart. They tell everybody things are looking better, but stay behind your masks. You know, they continue to say all of this and, and pushing us ever more into longer duration of isolation. And as I've been reading all of the information, there's not a single word about treatments, not a word being given to the state about how to potentially uh, pre um, prevent people from getting severe disease or from um, addressing severe disease through any of these many treatments. And I know we're all, I, I kind of got us off the topic here of, of back to school, but in a way, the heart of why we have to talk about what's going on with back to school is because of this, because the treatments that exist are not being addressed. And I have talked to us all the way to the half hour break, Jack. So um, we're, gonna, we're gonna take a quick break. I want um, people to know as you're listening, um, uh, you're gonna hear some voices in the middle somewhere. These are all public service announcements. You're gonna hear uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Alan Dershowitz and excerpts from a debate and you can find the full debate at childrenshealthdefense.org. So you're listening to an informed live radio on 1150 AM KKNW. We'll be right back. Did you know that in 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, granting liability protection to drug companies for injuries and deaths caused by their vaccine products recommended to children? Did you know injuries and deaths of pregnant women and their unborn children were added to the act in 2016? Did you know that on February 4, 2020, drug companies who make COVID-19 vaccines were placed under the liability protection of the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, known as the PrEP Act? To learn the history of how we got here in order to protect yourself now and in the future, you must see the film, 1986, The Act. Go to 1986theact.com today. There will soon be a new vaccine for the coronavirus pandemic. The question is, are these vaccines safe and can the government force you to take them? 
When it comes down to lawyers, they itch for things like this. One in 40 people get seriously injured by vaccines. It's not hypothetical. If you're right, why wouldn't it follow that the flu shot should be illegal? CDC is a vaccine company. They are not doing their job as regulators. We don't know what COVID-19 vaccine will look like. Anthony Fauci put 500 million of our dollars into that vaccine. And now they've got a vaccine that is too big to fail. Would you urge the American people not to take the vaccine? I'm not anti-vaccine. I am asking you the question. I'm, what if it was what? one in a thousand? No, of course not. I'm not going to tell one in a thousand people to die. I think you overstated. Look at the vaccine inserts, Alan. Masks work. We're going to kill all these people. Mandatory vaccination. We're still going to make a profit, so let's go ahead. Certainly anybody who runs a pharmaceutical company cares deeply about not killing people. You can't sue them. There's no discovery. There's nothing. They never get caught. Do you wear a mask personally? The flu shot not only primes you for flu, but it primes you for coronavirus. They are unavoidably unsafe. So you know, all healing begins in the cells, and for the cells to do their job, well, they need the right nutrients, like vitamin C and D, and gases, like oxygen. Did you know that there is a treatment that infuses every cell of your body with oxygen? Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy, HBOT for short, is a safe and effective medical treatment that can be used in therapies for many injuries and diseases. HBOT was actually used successfully during the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic to treat hypoxia and respiratory failure. And it's now being used to successfully treat COVID-19 as several clinical trials are underway. HBOT increases your production of glutathione, which is critical to immune function and increases stem cell proliferation. To learn more about this century-old technology that is the future of medicine, visit hbotnews.org today. That's hbotnews.org. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington state. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best healthcare decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Welcome back to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and with me is Dr. James Lyons Weiler. And, you know, we're talking about going back to school in the time of COVID. And we kind of squirreled a bit, as I often do, um, but talking about treatments because treatments exist. And if we could just get the word out about the working effective treatments, the fear would go away, normalcy could be restored. Um, and it's very frustrating that the people who are feeding information to our governors, 
to our public health agencies are not mentioning treatments at all. They are only driving the fear, the masks, the isolation, because they have a vested interest in vaccines. And I'm going to set that aside for now, because otherwise I could go on forever about that. And we'll get back to the topic um, at, at hand. Um, so I, well, one thing I do want to point out for those of you who are on YouTube and you can see my background today, I've got some gorgeous children running free through the woods, smiling, happy, unmasked faces. And I've got a quote up there from the Bible. Now, those who know me know I'm a spiritual but not a religious person. Uh, I believe in total, I believe in freedom of medicine and freedom of religion. I have this up here and it's quoting Matthew 9, 12. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Because right now what, what we're doing is, is in essence sending everybody to the doctor instead of just those who need that protection, those who are sick and who need the treatment. And I took this step of putting that up there today because I was so appalled about a letter signed by supposedly thousands of Christians. Um, and it from this bio, where do I have it? BioLogos, are you familiar with this Jack, BioLogos? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, so BioLogos is an organization that sort of talks about how, you know, religion and science don't necessarily, they're not opposed. And I agree with that. I, I agree with that, you know. Um, but they, they have this letter. First of all, it was started by Francis Collins, who is the director of the National Institute of Health, which is fine. He's you know, it's a free country. He needs to pursue what he needs to do. But in his position, it's a little bit awkward here. So he has led up this letter with all these people that signed. And this letter is telling people that Jesus wants them to put on a mask, that Jesus wants them to get a vaccine. And I find this such an appalling abuse of religion, it to me, it's so we. First of all, you know, science is the consensus on on um, COVID nineteen vaccines right now. The scientific consensus is, whoa, slow down, be cautious. We may not get a safe and effective vaccine. So why is the head of the NIH promoting that God wants us? to get a COVID-19 vaccine. I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense to me. It's He's, very concerning. Let me jump in here because Stella, yes. Emanuel, Stella Emanuel is a very religious doctor from Texas who came forward with the hydroxychloroquine statements. And um, people have been picking on her for believing, you know, in certain aspects of, of her faith-based yes. position. And uh, Francis Collins years ago came out and said, I'm a scientist who believes in God. And so there's no basis one way or the other. Listen, science and religion need to be kept separate and he's just crossed the line. Science has nothing to say about religion because the things that religion deal with are based on faith. By definition, that's not testable. The only thing that science can say is good luck with your faith. You know, I hope it gets you through what you got to get through. It's, it's not, it doesn't, science doesn't have to demean people who are religious. And I've defended people's rights to, to practice and, and worship freely as you might, might know. 
um, but there's a demarcation between science and religion, and there should be a demarcation between public health policy advice coming from powerful administrators within the government and, and religion. There should be a deep, dark, uh, I'm sorry, uh, not dark, but a very deep <laughs> divide between yeah. those that never the twain shall meet, because um, if that's the precedent, then what if some other religion, a person with a religion different from yours, decides to set public health policy on the basis yeah. of their particular religion. Uh, th this is absolutely unfounded. Uh, Francis Collins should resign. Every time he says something, every time he does something or doesn't do anything, I, I call for his resignation. He sat on his hands uh, for three decades while uh, autism exploded in the United States mm -hmm. and did nothing about funding treatments, not, yeah. did nothing to fund any way to uh, detect or reverse vaccine injury. Right. And uh, it, yeah. it's 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 awful. It's atrocious. He, yeah, and but that's another that's another blind alley away from school. Well, yeah, it it really it is. And but it just it's what in, inspired my backdrop today. For those who can see uh, the backdrop, it's a and, beautiful backdrop. And um, you know, I am a person who who does believe in um, in walking your truth. So, and I think religion has a role in how you behave as a human being, how you behave as a scientist. It should maybe inform your ethics as a scientist, yeah, but it fine. should but, not well, override your science. Well, right? Francis Collins should not <laughs> use the NIH of the United States. He's the director of the National Institutes of Health, for crying out loud, as yeah. his pulpit for his religion. This is absolutely yeah. unacceptable. Yeah, well, he I- needs to step down. It's I, I was, yeah, I was appalled too. So thank you for that. But uh, so, you know, um, I, I guess I don't know how to um, advise parents who are in this very difficult place, except for that uh, love can overcome a whole lot of adversity. And when child, a child feels loved and supported and understood, um, then they're pretty resilient and can get through things. And I guess that's that's what we need to do as individuals, as we all must be active though in ending um, what is happening because it's not based on data. It's not based on the science of what is what is happening. So, and those are great lessons to teach our children too, right? To stand in your truth, to stand up and take action. That's what America is about. That's what makes America great. I'm gonna give the number again. If you wanna call in and join the conversation, it's 1-888-298-5569. Or if you're local, it's 425-373-5527. Let me share my truth here. I've got this okay. data right here on the screen if you're on YouTube. This is from my statement. Does it declare, this is my declaration in one of the cases. I use this, uh, this data. It shows the difference between Sweden, a country that did not lock down, did not shut down, did not close schools. They allowed people to worship in, in church with limited numbers uh, compared to the United States. Now, when they say flat the curve in the United States, what they're really saying is, we're not going to end it. You don't want to, you want to truncate the curve. I said this way back in February. They said, we're flattening the curve. I said, that's that's never ending COVID-19. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Sweden allowed natural herd immunity to come in through infection. And they were criticized while they did it because they had a higher death rate in the elderly, a higher death rate in people at risk like diabetes and so on. But once natural herd immunity kicked in, this is yeah. it's over, folks. They're at yeah. zero 
they're done killing their elderly. They're done killing people with cardiovascular disease. They're done killing the people. Their fear is gone. People do not live in fear in Sweden the way we live in the United States. And we're on the same planet and it's the same virus. Here in the United States, we're going to have coronavirus until somebody wakes up and says, you know what? We just should protect the elderly like Sweden. We just should, if you're at high risk of serious illness or, or mortality from coronavirus, check out the Brownstein protocol, take good care of yourself, exercise, get healthy, protect yourself from people who might be infected. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it is, you know, accurate testing. Sweden did what they did through accurate testing. Mm -hmm. We don't have an accurate testing program. The CDC messed this up so bad. All we, sh all we really need to do is just get, get to natural herd immunity as fast as possible. And keeping people locked away from each other and wearing masks, if it, hurt, if it helps with transmission, it does not in mm -hmm. outside of the healthcare setting. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it's going to help. Uh, all these tactics to tr and keeping kids out of school to stop natural herd immunity from happening so they can wait for a vaccine, I think, I think that's a criminal offense. There are a number yeah. of criminal offenses and so, yes, love your children, show them how much you can care about them, teach, but also speak science. Come to ipaknowledge.org, find our studies, go to jameslionsweather.com. That's my broad, uh, Bernadette, did you see I reached over 1.1 million reads this month? Oh, that's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. Go getting to jameslionsweather.com and go get the science, uh, learn it and uh, find Bernadette and, and, and bring the science to your school district. Tell them that, you know, we have good treatments and why are you afraid? And I'm not afraid. Yeah. There's 107 patients that got this and none of them died in Michigan. Yeah. Tell the story. Well, Tell the truth. Well, as we well know, they started, they in uh, the powers that be, the pharmaceutical industry, those who want to push the whole vaccine, very profitable vaccine paradigm, because it's the only category of drug product for which most um, you know, countries around the world give some sort of indemnity for injury and death, making it quite the golden goose. And unlike a drug that is targeted at a specific person who has a specific illness for a specific amount of time, which limits the market, vaccines are marketed at every single man, woman, and child um, and fetus on the planet. That's 7 billion customers they hope to reach, not just once, but multiple times with multiple products. This is insanity, really, when um, all of the all of the leading science about our gut biome and microbiome and how we're, you know, we're integrated with our environment and it's host susceptibility that is the problem, not the virus itself. I mean, you know, the whole thing is just crazy, but they have been marketing for a very uh, long time. Um, the notions that are happening here that you um, have to be afraid of viruses, that you can't overcome them without pharma intervention, and that if you don't accept their product, you might, five degrees of separation later, cause somebody else harm. And, you know, that's that's the notion, I think that's the most dangerous. And that was one of the notions put forward in that letter from Francis Collin. He, he cited the Bible for the reason why you have to take the risk of a mask, a pharmaceutical product. He didn't say they come with risk, but why you have to do these things is because you're supposed to love your neighbor. And that's just, 
it's absurd because it's a bastardization of the Christian principle. It is. It 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 really is, and it and it aims to make anybody who speaks up that's critical of the state reaction. It's like oh, so your child's a little upset, but grandma didn't die. You know, you don't want grandma to die. The, the whole emotional manipulation of what is happening here. Okay, fine. So let, yeah. let's do this with that. Let's take them down further along the path that they're traveling. Francis Collins, Anthony Fauci, uh, Robert Redfield. It is the Christian thing to do to allow these emergency use authorization of hydroxychloroquine. It is the Christian thing to do yes. to allow ivermectin because yes. you should love your neighbor. Yes, okay. and HPOT. I think it's the Christian thing to do to roll out every, get the jets um, that are grounded at every airport, turning them, turn them into HBOTs. Yeah. Go to aircraft aircrafthbot.org and it's an actual idea that engineers have come up with that is brilliant engineers and respiratory and HBOT experts we could save every person as soon as you feel anything that's like a, a, a viral infection cold flu COVID doesn't matter what it is you get yourself into that HBOT saturate every cell in your body with oxygen get your glutathione well, had you a couple of vitamins on the way in yeah. You know, throw some vitamins in the mix. Yeah, some N-acetylcysteine, some vitamin C. You know, really the answer to health and to communicable infection, we've got the answers. What we have to overcome is the corporate capture of public health. And I'm wearing a hat, nobody that, you know, on the radio, if you can see it, it says separate pharma and state. We really need to get the pharmaceutical industry out of our government Um and yeah, the, 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 the term for it's regulatory capture. So if yeah. you think about it, you know, if you're a liberal and you're listening, you know, you know that the corporations that run the EPA control the EPA's policy on coal, on emissions, on pollution. It's the same thing with pharmaceutical companies. It's the exact same thing with, with uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies and the toxins that are in vaccines. The regulations on vaccine safety science and, and the approval of vaccines are, are conducted by the corporations who sent representatives to sit in, in on ASIP, the, the the committee, they all have vested uh, vested interests in uh, for-profit manufacturing of vaccines. All these members of the the, the ones that approve the vaccines. So we need to undo that. And the way that we undo that is we we build an alternative society completely. And so if this means walk away and create your own school, and that school is gonna is going to ignore. What, you know what the uh, the state is trying to mandate on you in terms of at home, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Then by all means, create. You know, start start a start a homeschooling system that actually allows people to uh, to spend time together. And you know, we need. <laughs> listen, the people that stand up in these movements and end up getting arrested become the civil rights heroes of the future. Yes. It would be what a badge of honor if somebody because they dared to hold a, a classroom open. Mm -hmm. uh, right in, in yeah. spite of well no schools are shut down or not you have to baloney mm -hmm. open the schools let the kids in and start teaching the classes yourself where those are our schools well you know what's really frustrating out here people have sent and been posting on facebook and elsewhere like i don't know what it's like in washington state but some of our schools here are leasing out their building space to private companies and the companies are charging parents to bring their kids to campus so they could do their online learning on campus because the parents have to go to work. <laughs> it, I know it's really, it's like I've seen- As it, long it, as somebody's making a buck. Okay, I got it's it. It's like, 
$125 a week at this one, um, it's called Camp Commotion. Camp Commotion, that's weird. In Enumclaw, what's this other one that we have here? We've got, um, I'm not sure what school district this one is, but it's $200 a week per child that you'd have to pay to, to for them to go to the school building that your taxpayer... That's unacceptable. IPAC EDU just opened up. We're teaching courses $160 for an entire semester of college level biology. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now, if this is corporations taking over public education, and that's what you just saw, what Bernadette just said, mm -hmm. the privatization of public education, this is because the United States has no product to sell. Yeah. We do not have manufacturing in this country. We And I don't want to go too far afield. But we are a service-based industry, and we prop our economy by invading other countries and taking their oil. And then we party for two de decades, and then we've got to figure out what's another country we can invade. Watch <laughs> Central America, people. I'm not joking. This is exactly uh, why we are where we are. Where we are. Yeah. yeah. And you know who gets left out in all of this? Um, and I don't mean to say that the emotional trauma faced by people of means and their children are not important. They are. Everybody's emotional, psychological, physical health are important. But I think of the, the parents who have to go to work, who have no option. They can't do the, create some wonderful support of nurturing homeschool because they don't, you know, they don't have the resources to do that. And that is probably the majority of people. You know, so many people in this country, when this whole thing hit, they were one paycheck away from having zero dollars in their bank account. And, you know, um, I, I, I would love to see uh, communities come together to figure out how to support, how to create maybe these homeschool um, centers in communities that don't have the resources uh, to, to do it. Because surely we've got some fabulous seniors that would make wonderful educators, wonderful overseers of education, you know, in home environments where you would have that freedom. I mean, when we went into this whole thing, there were a lot of disgruntled parents um, in Washington state because there was this um, bill that had passed, a sex ed bill that um, passed in the dead of night. It passed at two o'clock in the morning, um, but not without a lot of argument. The um, A lot of uh, senators and representatives uh, representing their constituents stood on the House floor, maybe the Senate, I don't remember when the, the last vote, which house it was in, or which chamber it was in, but heartfelt pleas, don't pass this. You gotta, some of these things in the, in the bill, um, parents totally disagreed with and, and did not want it to pass, but it passed. And then a, um, and an initiative uh, was uh, signed and got on the ballot. It'll be in the November ballot. Within COVID lockdown, the height of the lockdown, they got, I don't remember, it was uh, more than 100,000 signatures. More signatures that have ever been gotten on a, uh, an initiative in Washington state history yeah, and, and against it. But a lot of people then said, if this is going to be in place, I'm homeschooling my child. So they had already lost those who could afford to homeschool had, were already saying, I'm going to pull my child out. I'm not There were, there were 60,000 signatures within 24 hours to, re, to uh, impeach DeWine, the governor of Ohio, over these very issues. Yeah. So if you started a movement 
pass a bill to impeach and then put up a petition to recall your governor for not being taking the right clues on the fact that guess what it is super unhealthy for kids not to be in school there are social developmental things that go on they learn how to work on a team Mm-hmm. They they know the status and the health of their friends. They don't have to worry about their friends. They know that they are still friends with their friends. Mm-hmm. Their friends didn't give up on them. They're, they're, they 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 learn how to problem solve together. And, and you know what? It is absolutely criminal that for something as small small risk to them, they are asked to take the burden for their grandparents, so to speak. Yeah. Under the lie that your grandparents are, are at high risk because nobody's grandparents are at high risk right now. If they are, it's due to medical malfeasance over the people that are caring for those people. Yeah. COVID-19 is a pussycat virus. If you treat it like, uh, if, if you give actual immune enhancement therapy yes. to, to, the, to the people. So, but, right. And that's just, that's not Jack and Bernadette. That's Jack and Bernadette reading the actual published science and talking with the frontline doctors who are treating patients. And, um, oh, and I want to remind people, um, because we're going to be uh, having to leave you here soon, if you can jump onto pandemictownhall.com um, at five o'clock. And I'm hoping they're going to be recording it so you can play it later. And you're going to hear actual frontline fabulous doctors talking and uh, and explaining to you why you do not need to fear and we we need more people joining this revolution and pushing back and and demanding um all of this end let's protect the susceptible and set the rest of the world free and especially let's set the children free jack uh one minute to uh give us your last words before i Okay, sorry, kind of in my outreach, I threw out there the, the, the courses that are available. If you want to take a college level biology course, just because you want to get the fundamentals right about biology, go to ipa-edu.org, ipacedu.org, or look up my name. ipacedu.org is an online academy slash school university, whatever you want to call it. We'll be giving out certificates. We're going to have courses in law, we're going to have courses in analytics so people can learn how to use spreadsheets, analyze data. We're going to have courses in um, obviously biology. There's going to be biology, nutrition, genetics, ecology, evolution. This is my gift to the world uh, to come and get a firm foundation. So when you participate in the public square, like Bernadette does, like all these activists do, you have a firm foundation and you know what you're talking about. So check it out, ipak-edu.org. It's a, it's a way to empower yourself with knowledge. In fact, that's, that's the motto of our school. I, I love that, Jack. Thank you so much, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, for your impromptu visit with us today. I so much appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me and keep kicking it out there. Say, <laughs> give yourself hope. Nobody's going to give it to you. Superman's yeah. not coming. No, that's true. We, we, we got this people. Let's join together and let's, let's do this. Um, I want to let uh, listeners know that next week, next Friday at four o'clock, the whole show is going to be about flu, about influenza, what it is, what it isn't, the real facts, the vaccines. Um, we're going to have a great conversation and I will have a doctor here who knows about vac- uh, the, about the flu 
and uh, we'll have some great conversation uh, going on there. In the meantime, please check out informedchoicewa.org, figure out what you can do as an individual to take action, uh, learn what's happening, learn why it's happening, and then take action so that we can do our best for each other. Um, there are healing treatments, healthyimmunitynow.org is a great place to go to find those treatments. Let's protect each other and let's get back to living. Yeah, this is an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. Have a great weekend. I just need a break.